thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Grab your copy of God's Word and go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Now, when I say the phrase, get her done, who do you think about? Larry the Camel Guy, right? I mean, that, that, that dude has made a fortune off that catchphrase, all right? But instead of just getting her done, if you actually wanted to get something done, there is one super powerful tool that so many folks turn to. It's incredibly simple, it's classic, yet incredibly effective, and it's a great tool to get stuff done. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the to-do list. How many of you guys do, how many of you are a to-do list maker and user? All right, there's a bunch of us out here, all right? Now, the busier your life is, the more you need to-do lists. And for those of us who suffer from CRN disease, any of y'all suffer from that, been diagnosed with that, can't remember nothing, right? <laughs> you definitely want to make some lists. Man, I use them all the time in my office. I have a little eight by five uh, legal pad that I, I just, I'm always making to-do lists on. Or um, if I don't do that, I also love to use the reminder app on my phone. I just hold down that little button and I say, Remind me to get my sunglasses from the truck at 12 p.m. today before I leave for New Orleans. And guess what? She reminds me. Siri reminds me, okay? So I love to use that to help me along, okay? Experts who study these sorts of things, and yeah, man, there are experts who study everything, all right? They tell us that to-do lists increase productivity. They provide motivation. They improve memory. They reduce uh, stress and anxiety, they allow for more personal time and produce a sense of accomplishment. So if you don't use to-do lists, go ahead and put that on your to-do list. But more important than my to-do list and your to-do list is God's to-do list. You know, He has a plan, the Bible tells us. He has a purpose that He's working out through the unfolding of history. And that every time, y'all, should take priority in our hearts and in our minds. Now... It's natural for you and me to, to, to come to God and to want our desires, our wants to be accomplished. In fact, He invites us to come to Him with those, right? God, I, I want this to happen. I want that to happen. God, could you please do this and give me that? But I just wonder this morning in our prayer life, is there room and is there time for us to say, God, what do you want? What do you want done? Beloved, more than anything in the world, we should desire for God's will to be done. And where God's will and my will, when they concur, 
praise God and amen but when my will and God's will diverge may his will win every single time I want his will to be done we should yearn for God's will to be done father before my will is done I yearn for thy will to be done and so today we continue in our series pray this way as we're walking through the petitions of the Lord's Prayer Jesus here today teaches us to prioritize and to express this longing to God you'll find it right here Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 and 10 pray then like this our Father in heaven and then skip to verse 10 your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come and ask that you would help us to understand this petition today. You, you sent your son to, to teach us to pray this way, to seek you and to pray these things to you, Father. So help us to understand them. But then, God, would you grow us today? I pray over every person in this room and, and those who are watching online and those who will watch online in the future, God, that you would grow them as a prayer through this message today. And Lord, there may be some here who first must come to Christ, and so we want to pray for them that they would turn from sin and trust in Christ. But just work in us, Lord, to make us, mold us, fashion us after yourself we ask this in jesus name and all god's people said wait a minute did you notice here in the text that that jesus conceptualizes god's will as a kingdom your kingdom come right now in a kingdom the king's will it's, it's always done within the borders of his kingdom he's the king right He's the king, and those in his kingdom are his subjects, and they long to do God's will. So in light of this concept today, Jesus is teaching you and me to pray here for the Father's kingdom to be established and to expand and to be obeyed. That's how we can look at it. That's one way, but with that in mind, I, I want to give you today's takeaway. And here's what it is in our heart. We should long for God's kingdom to become an increasing reality here on earth now i want to show you here in just a moment that uh, i don't want to get ahead of myself but uh, i use that word increasingly on purpose because there's a sense in which god's kingdom is already here but just like in the book of daniel if you were to go to the book of daniel where the rock comes and smashes that four um uh, that, that that statue had four different materials remember that vision that rock smashes that statue and then the bible says and that rock began to grow and to grow and to grow until it filled the entire earth and that's what we're looking at here when it comes to god's kingdom we want it to increasingly become a reality here on earth and so with that longing in our heart we pray that it becomes a, a point of prayer from our mouth and so father your kingdom come your will be done in other words Father, bring your kingdom, expand your kingdom, and rule your kingdom. So to help us pray this morning with full knowledge, I, I want to point you to three realities of God's kingdom this morning. Here's the first one. The first one is the, is the pending arrival of God's kingdom. 
the pending arrival of God's kingdom. Now, he teaches to pray here, your kingdom come. And the very implication of those words is that his kingdom's not yet here. In the very least, it's not fully here yet. There's a future reality that's yet to come. There is a pending arrival. Now, when will that arrival come? Well, just to say it simply, it'll come when Jesus comes again, right? It'll come at the end of this age when Jesus returns. In other words, his kingdom will fully arrive at the second coming of Jesus Christ. You see, on the day that Jesus ascended into heaven, as the disciples were looking on, as Jesus was lifted up from the earth into the sky until he passed through the clouds and out of sight, two angels declared this in Acts 1, 11. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. In other words, just as he, as he went up into the sky and into heaven one day, he will leave heaven and come back down out of the sky to earth. Beloved, he's coming again. As, as, Apostle, uh, as Apostle Paul declared in Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so one day he will come again. The Holy Spirit also said through Apostle Paul, where we get some details here in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 15 through 17. We see this future reality, this future, this pending arrival. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who fall asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will always be with the Lord. Here at this second coming of Jesus, we see what's theologically called the rapture of God's people. Now when Jesus comes again in the, uh, comes again in the future, he's going to descend to earth and the bible says that by the power of god all of his people are going to rise to meet him in the air they will be raptured and we will remain with jesus forever but we won't remain in the air with jesus forever no he isn't coming back to set up a cloud kingdom he's descending all the way to the earth and so as we rise to meet him we will join him in the air and then continue back down to the earth to set up his kingdom. Just like if there was a king coming back in the day, the people of the city would run out to meet the king. And then they would join the coming party and go all the way back into the city and celebrate the arrival of the king. When he arrives on this earth again, guess what happens? He will transform this earth and establish his kingdom. When the king returns, the kingdom comes with him. And we get this overwhelming, 
apocalyptic vision of the establishment of his kingdom there in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. I, I want to read all eight verses so that you get a glimpse of what is coming. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He'll dwell with them and they'll be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be Mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I'll be his God, and he'll be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. I mean, can you just envision the totality of what is being communicated to us here in, in, in Revelation chapter 21. All of the goodness of God spread out over the entirety of the earth. All of the righteousness, uh, the righteous ones of God on earth vindicated. And all the wickedness of the earth eradicated. All of that is pending the arrival of Jesus Christ in his second so we pray for that we pray for his second coming father your kingdom come with king jesus sending lord i wonder if that, is that part of your prayer life do you long for jesus to come again and to bring the fullness of god's kingdom to earth i mean beloved every day we should pray for the return of christ if you just need some motivation just pick up the meridian star and read it it'll help your prayer life i promise you you will long god come quickly maranatha come quickly lord jesus but god's kingdom is more than just a pending arrival second i want to point you to the reality of the present alreadiness of god's kingdom the present alreadiness of of god's kingdom you see, we've got to recognize that while there is a future, a not yet aspect to God's kingdom, there's, a, there's also an already, right now, aspect of it as well. You see, you and I are experiencing right now aspects of the kingdom, which were established in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, he declared emphatically that the kingdom had come, not just will come, but had already come for instance we read in mark chapter 1 verse 14 and 15 
Now after John was arrested, Jesus came in Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, it's here. Repent and believe in the gospel. With the gospel came the kingdom. And along with that, to authenticate all of those things, Jesus came with signs and wonders and miracles. Again, just proving that the kingdom was here. Now, there was one time when Jesus came into contact with this demon-oppressed man who was both blind and mute. And Jesus healed him. And it made the Pharisees mad. And so they said, yeah, right, that dude right there, he's doing this by the power of the devil. Beelzebul. And Jesus responded this way in Matthew 12, 25 through 28. He said, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they'll be your judges. And here's the key verse. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And so it was indeed by the Spirit of God. right? It's not, it's not if Jesus was doing this by the Spirit of God. It's since Jesus is doing it by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is here in fact Jesus goes a step further he goes a step further to insinuate that in his coming and the coming of his kingdom Satan has been bound look at verse 29 Matthew 12 29 he just the next verse here or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, then indeed he may plunder his house. I believe he's referring to Satan here. Satan is that strong man, the ruler of this earth, the ruler of this world. And Jesus in his first coming has, in one sense, bound Satan from deceiving the nations. They're no longer deceived. The gospels come, right? Jesus is gloriously right now magnificently plundering Satan's house saving sinners and bringing them into the kingdom yeah the forces of darkness they're fighting back right they're not taking it lying down but in the life death and resurrection of Jesus the outcome of the war it, it's already been decided and praise God that we don't we don't have to wait for the fullness of God's kingdom to come you and I right now we get to experience aspects of that, that kingdom already, right? We, we get to live the kingdom life right now. Jesus said it this way in Luke 17. Luke 17, 20 and 21. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Great question, right? When's it going to come? Here's what Jesus answered and said. He said, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can, that, that can be observed nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, 
the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. The kingdom, in other words, has already arrived. Not fully here, but here nonetheless. And here's one of the ways I need you to think about this church and every other church on planet earth. This church and every other church on planet earth is in one sense an outpost of the kingdom of God. You see, one day the kingdom of God will cover the entire earth. But it's not that way yet, right? Right now, though, everywhere on planet earth where people gather in the name of Christ and they, they worship the name of Christ, that's an outpost for the coming kingdom. And right now, that's what you're setting in. That's who you're setting with. It's still coming, but in part it's already here. It, the kingdom of God is breaking in that you and I might experience some of that already like, the, like, the, like the, the foretaste of what is to come. And so, y'all, when we pray, we gotta quit praying these weak prayers. We gotta start praying with kingdom authority. Jesus stated in Matthew 28, verse 18, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me to him right and then guess what he did he commissioned us he sent you and me out to go and to serve and to live in that authority and 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 to to, to minister under that authority that's what we pray when we pray we pray often in jesus name he holds all the authority and so when we pray you and i need to pray with kingdom authority we're not waiting for the kingdom to come we exercise the kingdom already here kingdom now kingdom authority right here and so when you and i pray that means we need to pray boldly we need to pray with power we need to pray expectantly and we need to pray victoriously i'm not talking about name it and claim it that's baloney stuff but I'm talking about Lord Jesus Christ in the name of Christ work and do what only you can do pray with authority and be shameless when it comes to asking God to do and to move because he's invited us to do and to move there is a present readiness to the kingdom of God Father your kingdom so there's the pending arrival reality of God's kingdom. There's also, as we just saw, the present alreadiness reality of God's kingdom. But finally, I want, I want to point you to the reality of this. The practical application of God's kingdom. You see, what we're talking about here today is not just a theory. It's not just some abstraction. This spiritual thing that has no bearing on our everyday life and of the kingdom of God the reality of it should be a part 24-7 365 of, of who we are if we are kingdom people and that's what you and I are if we are Christians we are our kingdom people that's what apostle Paul said by the Holy Spirit in Colossians 1 verse 13 and 14 when he told us that the, the father listen to this has delivered us from the domain of darkness 
and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins he plundered us from satan's dungeon and transferred us transported us into the house of god into the kingdom of light into the kingdom of christ and it's right there right we're subjects to the king in the kingdom and we got to live out the will of the king that's why jesus taught us to pray as he did here six nine and ten pray then like this our father in heaven skip to verse 10 your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven you see it's our doing of god's will that's being talked about here i mean do we really need to pray for god to do his own will <laughs> no god will do all of his will whether we ask him or not psalm 115 verse 3 says our god is in the heavens he does all that he pleases psalm 135 verse 6 says whatever the lord pleases he does in heaven and on earth in the seas and all the deeps so there's really no reason for us to pray lord just do you will just just do you will that's one of the most frustrating things for me when I, when, I, when I was younger and I would go visit with people in the hospital. We'd go, there'd be somebody sick, lying in bed, about to die, and we'd just come in and say, Lord, just do your will. Just do your will. And that'd be it. We'd walk away. Like, what? Pray for this sick man to be healed. Right? It's like, ask for something. Be specific. Be bold. Be all of those things. We don't have to pray for God to do his own will because he doesn't need our permission now when we pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven y'all we are praying for the practical application of God's will in our life that we would follow God's will practice God's will in other words we're praying for God to help us do what he's told us to do you want to know the will of God? Open up the Bible and read it. He's revealed His will to you. And by His help, we can do it. When you pray this prayer right here, you are praying this essentially, Father, I want to be as obedient to you on earth as the angels are in heaven. That's why Apostle Paul, just a little while later, after saying that the Father has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, he goes on to say there in Colossians 3, verse 1 through 4, talking about you and me, right? This reality, this practical application of being in God's kingdom. If you've then been raised with Christ, again, just another way to say you've been transferred to the kingdom of Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. What he's saying here, beloved, is that kingdom people seek kingdom things. And kingdom people think kingdom thoughts and kingdom people live kingdom lives 
which the Holy Spirit continues. Picking up there in verse 5. I, I want to read all of 5 through 17 here to you so you get the fullness here. So that you can see the full description here. He doesn't skimp on helping you and me to see what it means to live a kingdom life. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them. In other words, when you were in Satan's kingdom. <laughs> But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not, grew, uh, not, not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is in all and is all. Verse 12. Put on then. Right? We just heard what we're to put off. Well, what are we supposed to put on then if we're kingdom living? Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So also you must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I know that was a mouthful, but that is what it means for God's will to be done on earth in your life as it is in heaven. That's what it looks like to practically apply the kingdom of God. When Jesus said, you won't be able to point to the in this age you won't be able to point to the, to the physical kingdom of God but he said the kingdom is in your midst this is what he's talking about God manifests his kingdom visibly in our lives in this age my life your life so father you will be done by me in my life on earth as it is and believe you me, we need God's help to do that. Amen? We do. I, I appreciate so much St. Augustine. He famously prayed, Lord, command what you will, only give what you command. Which is to say this, Lord, you tell me to do whatever you want me to do. Just give me the power to do it. You see, under our own strength, y'all, we will fall short of doing what God has willed. But with God's help, 
we can do all that he has commanded us to do. I wonder this morning, is the kingdom of God being lived out in your life? Let me ask you two questions to just help you out to think on that. The first question is this. Have you turned from sin and trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? If not, you cannot live out the kingdom because you are not yet in the kingdom. I want to lovingly tell you, you are invited you're not in yet you're not born into the kingdom you are born again into the kingdom by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and so if you desire to be in the kingdom the only way into the kingdom is through Christ nobody comes to the Father except through him Jesus said and so if you've not turned from sin and trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today you have an opportunity to do that pray to God, admit to God that you are a sinner, that Jesus is the Savior, and ask the Savior to save you. And He will. And just like we read a moment ago there, you'll be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But here's the second question for those of you who have done that. Is the kingdom of God being lived out in your life? Well, here's the second question. Are you living right now in any unrepentant sin? Are you living right now in any unrepentant sin? And if so, you may be in the kingdom, but you're not manifesting the kingdom. You see, to manifest the kingdom is to walk in obedience to God and Jesus Christ. And you can't do that with unrepentant sin so God invites you he doesn't say well that's it you're out you're gone no he says turn and repent and ask me to forgive you and I will forgive you and not only will he forgive you but he will wash you clean and he will set you on a path reset you on a path walking with God in Jesus Christ Matthew 6 9 and 10 again pray then like this our father in heaven verse 10 your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so there's a pending arrival reality of god's kingdom a present readiness of god's kingdom a practical application of god's kingdom and we need to keep all three of these in mind as you and i pray as i was studying for this message I came across a hymn from the 1800s. Some of the best hymns, some of the best songs were written in the 1800s, amen? They were. This was written by Frances Havergal. That's a lady. And it's called His Coming in Glory. And I'd never heard this song. And, and most likely you've never heard this song. She's best known for two other hymns. Take My Life. And let it be, we know that one. Or I gave my life for thee, that's the other one she's well known for. We, we know that one probably. But 
this morning as an encouragement to pray for God's kingdom to come and for his will to be done. I want to close by reading the lyrics to her song, His Coming Glory. The hymn says, Thou art coming, O my Savior. Thou art coming, O my King. In thy beauty all resplendent, in thy glory all transcendent. Well, may we rejoice and sing. Coming in the opening east, herald brightness slowly swells. Coming, O oh my glorious priest, hear we not thy golden bells? Thou art coming, thou art coming. We shall meet thee on thy way. We shall see thee, we shall know thee, we shall bless thee, we shall show thee. All our hearts could never say. What an anthem that'll be, ringing out our love to thee. Pouring out our rapture sweet at thine own all-glorious feet. And then I especially like this last verse. Oh, the joy to see thee reigning. Thee, my own beloved Lord. Every tongue thy name confessing. Worship, honor, glory, blessing. Brought to thee with glad accord. Thee, my master and my friend, vindicated and enthroned. Unto earth's remotest end, glorified, adored, and owned. What a, what a song. What a song. Here's my final prayer this morning. May God's kingdom expand without exception until it encompasses all the earth. 